Welcome to Dudes of Hazards Radio. I'm your founder and host, Donnie McCarty. On today's episode, we have Mike Young joining us. Uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about what he does. I think you're going to be really excited to hear from this guest. Uh, he's not a league member. This is an outside guy that uh, he's not just some amateur. He definitely knows what he's doing. So, Mike, why don't you go ahead and say uh, hey to the dudes. Hey, dudes. How are you? Oh, we're we're good here. I'm just recording uh, in the studio with our producer, Mitch. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Uh, Mike, why don't you start off by telling the guys just a little bit about yourself so they know a little bit about what you do and who you are. Okay. I'm a, I'm a golf architect. Uh, I'm 70 years old. I started playing golf when I was about 10 years old. I grew up right outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I, um, after school, I went to uh, work with, uh, I wanted to be a golf architect from working on a course while I was in high school. And I went to work after school with the Toro company uh, so that I could call on golf courses. And I did that uh, from 78, 79 until about 19... 19, uh, 1980, I guess it was 84, 85. After the Toro Company, I was with John Deere. We were getting in it when they were just getting into golf and turf. And uh, at that point, I'd made enough contacts that I started going to work for myself and designing golf courses. I did my first one in 1987. And we've done about 60 wow. since that time. That's pretty we, awesome. Uh, also, well, it's it's a job. It's it's fun. It's something I wanted to do. We, we own a golf course. We have a lot of fun with that. And uh, we uh, keep my office there. And we, we build all the golf courses we design. So we've always looked at it that way. That's my great. son works with me. He's... 42 years old and with me for a long time that's awesome a little family business going all right let's go ahead and jump into our podcast rundown for this episode uh first up we're going to be getting a phone call from alex minor uh him and his brother andrew minor actually won our member guest tournament on october 8th so we're going to go ahead and hear from them and just a little bit about what made that day possible to get the victory and uh i know minor's been running his mouth a little bit about getting the w so i'm sure He's going to be pretty excited to share about that. Uh, we're also going to talk to Mitch for a couple minutes. He came out, and actually on uh, Friday, we had our match between Alex, Cade, Nolan, and Will. He came out and did some video shooting at the John City Country Club for us. And then he also came out to the Bristol Country Club and did some footage for our member guest. Um, so I'm curious just to see what his thoughts were. Uh, as someone who's not a part of the dudes and, you know, not really a big golfer, what he thought about kind of being out there with the dudes for the weekend. After that, we'll go ahead and transition into our interview with Mike Young, the golf course architect. Um, I think you guys are really going to enjoy that. Insanely knowledgeable um, and a very long career in the golf industry. So going to be lots of good insight coming out of that. To finish up the episode, um, on Sept- or I guess October 9th, this last Sunday, um, me, Jeremy, 
Brad and Cade. We were fortunate enough to, for some of us, get to play Elk River for the second time. And then for two of the guys, it was their first. So we sat down after the round and just kind of dissected from uh, what we enjoyed about the round out there and just some lasting memories it left us. So let's go ahead and get uh, Alex Miner on the phone and see what he has to say about his member guest experience. Alex, how are we doing, man? Uh, just, just working a little bit. What's going on with you? Oh, just recording this podcast and looking to hear a little bit about uh, some, I guess, memories and just kind of hearing a little bit about your member guest experience uh, this last weekend. So I kind of already yeah. announced to people that uh, you and your brother took home the W. Um, we did. We did. We did. Why don't you, let's just go ahead and start a little bit from the beginning of the day um, and just kind of walk me through a little bit about what was going on through your head and just some memorable moments you had during the round. Well, uh, first thing, uh, I remembered it's fall now, so I've got to remember to start packing pants because uh, it was a little chilly coming out. Because <laughs> I was maybe like one of three people there in shorts that just didn't didn't bring pants. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, shorts was, was uh, uh, shorts put you in the outlier, especially with no pullover either. I was like, he's got to yeah. be cold. And well, yeah, just but yeah, no, it was it was a good time, man. Like I said, uh, I'd asked my brother uh, to play uh, a while back just because I, I really don't get a chance to play with him that much. And after after the last two men tournament I played in, I've got we, me and Justin uh, Kelly came so close to. Her. Went in the two man at the uh, John City Country Club. I was like, man, I want to win this one, so I had to call in my older brother, kind of my big gun, to try to give myself a better chance at securing the dub. And sure enough, we did. So that was, and like I said, my dad played with Justin too, so that was a lot of fun. You know, he's that was a little bit of comic relief for the day. Yeah, they, those two definitely provided some to the uh, to the talent, and I would say in your guys's foursome. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a, well, Justin didn't. I asked Justin after the first couple of holes. I was like, "When did you learn how to hit your wedge?" Because he was he was sticking some greens there first couple of holes, which which I was not expecting. But he can. Uh, he can either almost kill somebody by blading a six degree, or he can stick it right next to the pin. It's uh, that's it. It's a coin flip with him sometimes. Well, you know, you mentioned it, that you took a second place with Justin in the, the Johnson City event. So I'm sure you were like, "Hey, look, I mean, competition's going to be a little stiffer." But if I can improve yeah. my partner from Justin, a.k.a. Max Kelly, to, you know, someone like your brother who knows how to hit a golf ball a little bit, I bet you're like, yeah, it was a slight step up. Because, like I said, well, having Andrew, it pretty much all day, it just took a little bit of pressure off me. Because I, I actually played pretty well. You know, I was hitting the ball good. I hadn't I, I hadn't played since we played at John City Country Club uh, when I had my dad's clubs that one weekend. It was probably like three, three weeks ago. So. Yeah. I, I was hitting the ball pretty well, and so it was nice because, like I said, having Andrew come up hitting behind me, uh, he, I hit a good shot, and he would just come out there, you know, put it 20, 30 yards in front of me anyway. So, And when I hit a bad shot, I know I had a pretty good chance of still having a partner that bailed me out. So it took a little bit of the pressure off for sure. For sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a it was a fun tournament. Like I said, that first time we, we played pretty well. We we had a couple bogeys that kind of killed us, uh, hurt us, but uh, which it just, it was just, we were kind of distracted by the UT game, too. We were kind of all into it, out it on the court playing. But, and like I said, it, it was a good day. The, I hadn't played Bristol Country Club probably since high school, honestly. And it was, I, so I, I vaguely even remembered it. But uh, it was in pretty good condition. Like I said, it ended up being a beautiful day for golf. Um, I said we had a fun group playing with my brother. You know, playing pretty good. It was, 
it was a good day. It was a lot of fun. You guys were playing in, I believe, uh, we we had eight groups. I think y'all were the sixth group. Does that sound about right? Yeah, like, I think there were two groups behind us. Yep. Yeah, so that sounds about right. Yep. And, and it was yeah, Thursday, and I think Brad and his partner, and then Ian, there might have been one in between or one before them, but then Ian and his. Because I, I started checking the scoreboard there towards the end of, towards like the fifth or sixth hole kind of peeking at it and I, I noticed Brad was up there pretty close and then I, I, I really didn't uh, I knew Ian I think I met him a time or two but I really didn't know much about him or his partner so I saw them right there and I was like oh well, they're still right here up on us so it uh, got a little tense there towards the end I was I really told Tony Andrew we got a birdie one of these last couple of holes and we ended up not being able to get one and staying right there at five under I think yep so it uh it was – it got tense. But yeah. I, me and Andrew, uh, we were both looking forward to this for weeks. Like I said, I asked him to play a while back, and, you know, I'd kind of been on. I was like, man, we got to win this. We, we got you. I've, I've been t- talking too much shit for us not to. <laughs> That's it. Um, yeah, so, like, you guys came in. You know, you made your par on 18, which I'll be honest, uh, no, no one was birdie in 18 that day. That, that hole was playing yeah. tough. Um, the pin was in a very difficult location to even really get a close wedge into it. Um, it yeah, because just... I think I think we both ended up. We had a putt at a birdie, and I think me and him both just missed it by a hair all to the right. Yep. Uh, so it was it was it was definitely a tough hole. But and then yeah, I mean, uh, that... it looked like you guys had it for a minute. You guys were at five under, and then I think there was like two or three teams at four under. And then yep. Ian sticks like a twenty footer for birdie on I believe what was sixteen. Um, and so yeah, next I thing that, I know, I look, someone told me. Yep, I look back and I'm like, all right, we got two teams at five under. Um, they play their 18th hole. They both go long on their approach shots and, you know, they're having yep. to get up and down for par. And Ian, who's a v- very good player, just kind of duffs that chip. And it was kind of like, yeah. oh man, like, dude, the pressure's yeah. really on. But if you didn't know, his partner is what you would consider a ringer. Um, and can okay. just he can just play and you know so one of the guys next to me was like i don't know man it's gonna be really tough and i said no it's not this dude's gonna put this to two feet just to make it annoying and i think yeah. he stuck it to a foot and a half and it was just like yeah. what a clutch shot forced the playoff hole yeah, um, yeah well i should i'd already seen that they were at five under i think right when we finished uh and that's why i was telling andrew god you know we need to get a birdie they're gonna birdie one these last two and we're gonna be out not even have a chance and so like as soon as we finished 18 i was you know, I'll talk to some people there for a second, but I mean, I was still over there just kind of watching, still kind of trying to stay in the groove of yep. thinking, you know, uh, we might be in a playoff. And I, I told Andrew, I was like, man, let's stay locked in. And so he, I, he was excited too. He's like, man, I kind of want it to. I, I want to go into a playoff. I'm like, well, let's do it. Well, you got what, uh, I mean, you got what Andrew asked for at least. Um, <laughs> yeah. So talk us about that. I mean, that was like, or, you know, we've had, we've never had a true playoff in that fashion in one of our events. So that, that was honestly pretty exciting. Um, you know, there was probably 30 of us out there. So there was four of you playing and 26 people basically were riding around in carts watching y'all play this playoff. What, what was that like? Yeah, it was honestly, I said it was, it was fun because you knew they were there, but uh, I, I don't think it, it really faced me or him that much. I, we were just, like I said, we were just kind of locked in on what we were trying to do. And, so we knew at that point that uh, Ann and his partner were pretty good golfers, like I said, because they were right there with us. And so coming up to one, we were just like, I, we were riding up in the car, and I was like, all right, you know. I said, I, I just looked down, I was like, 
puts me in this fucking thing. I said, let's do it. And like I said, one, we got, we got bailed out on one. I, I hit a decent drive, uh, but I leaked it out a little bit right, I think. And Andrew, he had a good one and he was up there, but we, uh, our approach shot, we had to go like over the sand. So kind of had to flop it up and down. And we, uh, I think I ended up in the sand and yep. on the back. And then Andrew ended up on the back of a fringe and in them both had a really good shot, uh, and a really good approach shot. And we got it both there right there on the green. And I saw that and I, I thought we were done because, you know, they had like little, I think I, it was like, couldn't have been more than 10 feet. I think one of them had about four. a 10 footer and the other one maybe about a 12, but yeah, like I'm not going to lie. And they're both like pretty good putters. I was like, yep. mm, well, maybe this isn't going to last too long. And then I'll tell you what it was. I mean, like I said, Ian and uh, Dave, very good golfers. But I could tell that that putt that uh, Andrew hit from the fringe to like three inches on them, that, that got in yeah. their mind a little bit. There was no way well, he yeah. should have hit that putt that well. Um, to yeah, two putt from where he my, was. Oh, yeah. It was, well, my, it's funny because I had a shot out of the sand, and I actually hit a really good sand shot. And I, I, was, I probably was about five, six foot from, a, from my part putt. So. And yeah. then Andrew, you know, stuck up there, put it off the fringe to less than, you know, two foot. And, you know, it definitely puts pressure on because then you're just sitting there thinking, gosh, if I, don't, if I don't hit this. And, I mean, it's not like a routine putt. Like it's, no, it's, it's not. You know, five, six foot, still a tough putt to hit. Especially so, with some pressure uh, on that. Yeah, and like I said, when I was I was sitting there just watching, then I kind of like turned away because I didn't want, and then whenever I, I like turned away whenever he's about to hit, and I, whenever I heard the clink of the putter, I kind of looked back over and just a little sigh of relief that, you know, he, they both they both missed it and, and we got to live the fight to the next hole. And the next so hole like was good. We, we, got, we got belled out there, yeah. I mean, we I think uh, we both played the, I actually, I had a really good drive on the next hole, but, you know, then there comes Andrew, comes up, puts it in the fairway, same spot, just about 30 yards up in front. So, yeah, y'all uh, had the driver's yeah. seat there on that hole. It looked like, and then they were they were wide right, and then somehow they they both yeah, hit they, just world class approach shots. That were if like someone on yeah, the tour hit they, that, you would be like, oh yeah, that that makes sense. Um, yeah, they because they were up there on that tee box, which I mean, you, I think I ended, I was actually up over there on, when I played it on the when I shot the first. Uh, go around first nine, yeah, uh, yeah. So it uh, it it wasn't. It's open over there. You definitely have a shot at it. It's not ideal, but it's not obviously it wasn't impossible because they both had pretty good shots out of there. I, yeah. What what I saw and like I said, I think we both got on and two putted for par. Yep. Uh, Everyone so parted that one. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so then we move on to the third hole, which is at par yeah. three that was playing about 165 that day and was just honestly. We had our whiskey challenge hole on that. We only had yep. ten of thirty people hit the green. People were struggling there. Um, you know, yeah. your, your your brother hit his in the sand. Um, yeah, well, he, so we. It's funny because Andrew, uh, after the second hole, he he's like, "Man, I, I got to take a piss." So <laughs> he had to go behind a tree and probably took one of the longest pisses I've ever seen. And so we were just kind of. Uh, people waiting up there and looking for us and he was over there behind a tree <laughs> before we pulled up and so yeah i was like i hope you feel better now <laughs> yeah well uh, but we, yeah no we got up there and like i said it was a whiskey challenge hole on the front nine i i think i bladed mine on the first first night when we played it I, hell i think i was almost in the woods and andrew actually hit a really good shot on the first nine because he got a he got to take a pull of the whiskey 
So, um, yeah, it was like I said, I, I've been going first all day. I knew our club, I needed to hit because, like you said, we'd always played the hole. I just needed to hit a better shot than I did on the uh, first one. And like I said, anytime I'd hit a good shot pretty much all day, Andrew would come up and hit one just a little bit better. So it, it's like, it definitely takes some pressure off. But at that point, we were just, I mean, we were both pretty locked in, just ready to win. And so, especially with like the crowd and everything. So it was, oh, yeah. I, you know, I just got up there. I, 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 now that I think about it, I really wasn't even thinking too much. I just, I mean, I went up there. I hit the same club. I hit, I hit a six iron, same club I hit on the first. And I mean, I, it just, it was just one of those swings, even on the practice swing, it just felt good. And I, I stepped up and I mean, it's solid swing and it, I mean, went exactly where I wanted it, stuck it. I don't even know how far it, it was within 10 feet of the pin. Like it was probably one of the better iron shots I'd hit all day and just kind of, and like I said, Andrew came up after and hit it in the sand, which I was, you know, I wouldn't. If he would have put it in the hole, I would have been happy. But the fact that I was able to stick one in there closer than him was nice too. Yeah. <laughs> but I got to, at least I get to hold that over him. But I think at that point, I was, I, I, I was talking, I was talking to Jeremy yesterday on Instagram a little bit, asking him about the round I played. But we were talking a little bit about the tournament. He's like, yeah, after you hit that, stepped up and hit that on that par three, I think. Uh, a little bit of psychological warfare when they saw that. So yeah, and, it was tough. And, and, you, you had a good shot, and you know, I I think maybe it was Ian that quite didn't get his a go where he wanted, and then Dave hit his too good, and it just carried the group yeah. along, which left him in honestly that position they had. There was no way y'all <coughs> were making worse than par, and that honestly felt no, like from their spot, there was no way they were going to make par. Like they just yeah, that, that was they, a terrible break for them on that last hole. But I mean, that's golf, isn't it? Yeah. Like I said, I, I was I was definitely like screaming on the inside a little bit because like I said, that sure. was probably one of the better shots I hit all day. And we got on the court and I just I kind of hit Andrew and Blake. I was like, let's go, let's go. Yeah. And uh, so we got up there and was looking at the putt. And it's this is how you knew I was playing with my brother. We were sitting there trying to read the putt. I mean, weren't really even paying attention to, to them too much. But after they chipped theirs and they both had, you know, uh, they had a putt that was still not a easy poor putt by any means. I think because they were still out. I, yep. Me and Andrew were both sitting there trying to read my putt, and he, you know, he's giving me a good read on and stuff. And instead of you know like uh, any other partner you would have played with, you come up when you're thinking about playing, he's like, all right, man, do good. He, he went like, if you leave this below the hole, I'm gonna kick you so hard in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but so, but, but uh, you luckily, I even hit it. He, you know, he yeah, came up and picked it up for y'all and gave y'all the handshake for. Uh, yeah, the win, man. That that was definitely yeah. really exciting to watch the way that played out down the stretch. Um, I hope we get yeah, more it was, it, like that. It was a lot of fun. It was definitely a lot of fun. Just the aspect of like the, the added pressure, the crowd. You know, it's uh, you know, it's sink or swim, yeah. uh, sudden death playoffs kind of thing. It's it's. I mean, it's like the playoffs you see on TV. Just that can't same kind of you know. I mean, not the same kind of feeling in the environment, but oh, no, it's, Meyer, got it's, that, it's, it's the got, same feeling. It's got that add, It's got that added. Yeah, it, I mean, it's close as <laughs> I'm ever going to get to that feeling. Exactly. Um, but like I said it's it was it was not that I was able to come up <laughs> playing with Andrew. It was not that I was able to actually steal it and uh, perform under pressure a little bit. So I didn't get bullied by him at Thanksgiving. That's good. You got any uh, closing thoughts for us just on the tournament as a whole before you hop off here? Uh, no, I mean, just it was a lot of fun. Like I said, we had a – it was a great day for golf. You know, the lunch was, lunch was great. 
uh, environment uh, was fantastic. You know, getting to play with my brother and dad, that was a lot of fun. Uh, always, you know, always enjoy getting to spend a little time with them, uh, especially, you know, on something we all enjoy doing. So we're not really, I mean, we're still talking shit to each other, but not fighting, you know, it's it was a good time. It's one of those things that me and Andrew, well, uh, he said we both got a trophy now that we can hang on to and remember the day. Is you know, it was a lot of fun. It was a good, it was a good golf tournament. Uh, but even better day just to hang out with friends and family. Absolutely. Well, thanks, man, for uh, hopping on and just kind of giving us a little rundown of your guys' victory. Um, that, that was an exciting day, and uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's another member guest, maybe it's another tournament, but who knows? We might see you up on that uh, the winner's circle again. Yeah, I got a, I got a taste of it, so I'm definitely looking forward to the next one, uh, for sure. Awesome, man. Well, till next time we play, take care, and uh, hopefully I'll see you soon, man. Absolutely, man. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. Bye. All right, that was a lot of fun getting to talk to Alex Miner. Um, we're also now going to chat with uh, Mitch McGarry, who – produces this uh, podcast that you guys listen to. He does a great job with that. He also came out, took some pictures, and got some uh, video footage and some drone footage for us uh, from our member guest tournament. So I'm going to turn it over to him for a couple minutes, ask him some questions about what he kind of thought about the event from an outsider's point of view that, you know, maybe he's not someone that's out here logging 25 rounds a year or more. Um, Mitch, tell, tell me a little bit about what you thought of the weekend. It was yeah, it was a great event. Um, I was there, again, to take pictures and video. And I'm not an avid golfer, so, you know, at, as someone that doesn't golf that much, I had a really good time. I was very invested in the uh, the final outcome. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, we had talked about the, the time frame for me being out there at two hours. Yeah. You know, yep. two to four, and it was like five – 15 or something or it was like 4 30 when the playoffs started at, or around then yep it was yep. just a little after four mm -hmm. and you were like you can go home like i i don't want to go home i gotta see who wins this <laughs> yeah. so, so I, I you know honestly i think it couldn't have turned out better as as far as the competition goes and i think you know everything else was was put together great as well so good so good job on that yeah i know when that was going on like i, I wanted to be considerate of your time but you know, we were like we're just rolling into like the mm -hmm. first ever playoff in dude's history and you know I, what's funny is too like i was like this won't go longer in a hole or two right eh, well it went three yeah but uh i mean yeah that was some pretty dramatic fashion and how it shaped out and i think that's gonna be pretty fun to actually see some of the footage from the end of that yeah. uh, event uh so i know when you first rolled up came and met you we went down we were trying to catch a group teen off on 10, but they oh, yeah. kind of already done it. So then I was like, well, I see there's another group about to play this part three on number 13. Let's walk on over here and just see what we find out. Yeah. And like the first video you basically ever recorded for us. Tell us a little bit about how was that, that Justin. Yeah, it yeah. was. So, I mean, I didn't see it with my own eyes because I was looking at my camera, but I got your reaction. Justin tees off. And then I just see you kind of, throw your hands up. Oh my gosh. And, and, uh, you know, and I got it on camera, but you know, with the little screen, I wasn't able to see where the ball went, but apparently it, it lipped the, yeah. the hole. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but I got your reaction, you know, so I was there to see it all and, and, uh, it was really cool. 
that would have been pretty wild to capture the first hole in one ever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, especially coming from Max Kelly, who's probably the least likely person in the dudes <laughs> to hit a hole in one. And it, it went right by the hole. Yeah. It was funny. Like I was coming down to like talk to him after he hit the shot. He's like, am I short? Am I in the sand? <laughs> nope. Uh, that was disastrously close it. to a hole in one right yeah. there. So, um, well, good. I'm, I'm glad you had a good, a good time. What, um, any other just kind of memories or just anything that kind of stood out from that event uh, that you that you enjoyed or just kind of took away from it? I mean, just the the culture that that's been created with the mm-hmm. the dudes, and I've, you know, I've gotten to know quite a few of them that you yep. brought in here. So it was fun to be able to see them in action rather than just on the podcast. Yeah. And you know, like I told, I think I told you before, it's fun to see them walk the walk after I've been hearing them talk the talk yeah. for so long and. Um, so it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun to just see and, and be a part of it and get to know some, some of the other guys that I hadn't met yet. Yeah. And, um, you know, just, it was fun. And there's all, there's all sorts of stuff going on. The, the putting little putting tournament they had. Oh, that was the, ridiculous yeah. with Zach Hill basically being like, sorry, but I'm going to make this on you just right. to ruin it. And then actually made it just sinks it. Yeah. Sinks it. Yeah. that. I wasn't even amused. Like I right. just like when it when it happened and I saw him cheering, I was just like, mm. <laughs> "Yeah, go go for you, Zach." Like, but, it, but yeah. the least surprising thing I've ever seen is Zach hitting a big time putt <laughs> when it's needed. So like that that was already in the hole before he hit it, right? Um, but that was fun, and and uh, and I'm a sports guy, so you know any kind of competition. Yeah, I'm not super into some sports, but if it's on and I'm hanging out, it'll I'll I'll get into it. Yeah, and so. And I feel like that's one of those things, too, that when you're there live at the event and yeah. watching and seeing some people actually under the gun have to hit some shots. And with some a pressure, lot of people watching. With a lot of people yeah. watching. Like, it, it's one thing when you're just playing a solo round by yourself. But when, <laughs> when you got, you know, like 20 to 30 of your buddies watching yeah. you. And, like, I mean, they're still going to like you no matter what. But they're going to remember if you were the one that choked and, yeah. and, and messed up that shot to cost them the victory or whatever it is. So uh that was a great environment i'm glad you enjoyed the culture i mean it's really cool that mm. after that happened we had all those groups sticking around that i mean yeah. people that finished an, over an hour and 20 minutes before the final group were mm. like yeah i'm gonna hang out to the end to see There's how this like shakes 30-ish down 30-ish people there there was um hanging out we had guys that didn't even play in the tournament come and volunteer to run whole contests and they yeah. stayed toward the end just because they were like man it's kind of wild so mm-hmm. um yeah that was definitely a great event i'm glad you came out yeah um, thanks for having me uh Mitch also did some work for us on the match, which we'll talk about on a different episode. Um, but we definitely have – I'm sure we'll have some good insight from that as well on what he saw. That was a little 2v2 action. So a little less of skirting around all over the golf course and a little yeah. bit more of just following one group. But, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, definitely two different events, different days, but both I feel like you would say probably pretty good times even oh, from yeah. a spectator. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Good. All right, let's go ahead and uh, we're going to take a quick little break, listen to an ad, and then we'll go ahead and jump into our main interview with Mike Young. All right, we're back from break. Um, we're going to jump into our main interview section of this podcast uh, with Mike. I think he, you know, you listened uh, earlier in the episode, he told us a little bit about how long he's been in the golf industry. Uh, he's been in it longer than I've been alive, so he probably knows a couple more things than I do uh, about that. So I look forward to picking his uh, brain here for some knowledge. So. Uh, you told us a little bit about uh, your career. You said working for Toro, John Deere. Um, what what made you want to get into golf? Um, what, what kind of got that spark going for you when you were younger? Well, I was uh, 
working at a, when I was 14 years old, a golf pro came into town and started building a golf course. And I was intrigued with it. And I went to work picking up rocks and then working uh, in the bag room and all this once the course was done. And I just sort of had a bug for it. And uh, the I was in Boy Scouts. And uh, my father insisted I stay in there till I got evil. And when I got my Eagle Scout Award, they had a mentor program in Atlanta where you told them what you wanted to do, and they would put you with a group, and you would do that for one full weekend. So I go to Atlanta. Uh, I told the guy I want to be a golf architect, and they put me with an architect. And he says, I don't really know anything about golf architecture, but there's a dude out here building a golf course outside of Atlanta that's supposed to be really good golf architect, go out there with his people. I'm going to take you out there tomorrow. So I went out to a place called Farrington Golf Club that was being built by Robert Trent Jones and hung around and was intrigued even more. And the guy told me, he said, if you really want to get in this business, you got to get in the turf industry. And I'm like, yeah, right. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to play golf. And <laughs> when I got out of school, I realized he was right. And I went into the turf industry because that allowed me to see all kinds of golf courses by by having the ability to call on them, selling them equipment, and uh, meet superintendents and call on architects. And I, I wasn't stuck with just being in one guy's office. So that was that was my intro. That's very awesome. Um... So from there, you said uh, your first one you built, I think the, I was reading a little bit on your website. It's called the Fields Golf Club. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's the one we have now. Yeah. Why don't you uh, – it seemed like a pretty neat story. I think our listeners would be pretty interested to see how that uh, kind of turned out for you. Why don't you share a little bit of that with them? Okay. Well, first, you need to bring the dudes down to the field sometime, and I'll set you guys up with a weekend golf trip at three or four really good golf courses or something. All right, well, you got me sold. That was easy. We could do that. But the fields is what I call a millennial golf experience. It's uh, um, We have a lot of guys come into town where they'll play uh, Sweetens Cove one day, they'll go to Aiken Golf Club one day, and they'll come to the fields one day, and they'll fly back out of town on a Sunday night. And we're just a uh, – um, we're a deal. We're, we're a good – golf course we're not going to be a u.s open golf course we have all the basics we don't spend a lot of money on the edges and by that i mean cart paths and outside outside the rough and the fairways uh, we don't really spend a lot of money it's just very basic good golf um, we've been working on it now for the three years since we bought it our next big project is our bunkers so our bunkers still aren't the way we want them but most or a lot of the golf courses getting there. We've made it a music venue also where we've had some really good music acts come through there. And we've taken the clubhouse and made it where it's all rolled up doors, all open with fire pits. And, oh, that's uh, awesome. Cornhole and uh, it's craft beers, all the stuff that the millennials like. And uh, we do a lot of music there. And we uh, set it up. We've got our simulators and what used to be a dining room and it's just different from a country club. That's very awesome. That definitely sounds like something uh, the dudes of Hazards would be about coming and visiting and checking out. Um, yeah, we've got uh, we've got the uh, 
the fried egg is having their fall tournament down there uh, November 4th and 5th. Very cool. So we've, we've got a lot of guys that come in for that. So you should you should come down sometime. Absolutely. The uh, So when did you take over this? Well, we took over it 2012. But uh, we actually operated it for a family that had it that wanted to sell it for a certain price. We didn't want to pay that. When they got the price we wanted to pay, we bought it. Right. So we sort of oper- operated it for them um, during that time because it needed to be operated. Sure. And you said uh, this was your first one that your first course that you designed. It was the first golf course I did. Yes. What uh, what 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 had you drawn to that area, or how how did that arrangement come up for your first gig? Well, it's it's hard to. It's it's a very cutthroat business, and most people want to work for an architect. I didn't want to because I I was might have been considered an outlaw because I didn't I, I wanted to build my own stuff. I didn't want to be drawing a bunch of plans and and going to a general contractor. So I convinced a another sale another salesman I'd met who was a seed salesman. He owned the land, and he was going to build a golf course. I'm like, man, you need to let me design this. And he said, well, come on. So that's what I did. That's pretty awesome. I basically quit everything I was doing and went and did it. And then the rest was history from there. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, picked up while we were doing it. What was that? We picked up another golf course while we were doing that one. Really? Which one was that? It was called Countryland up above Atlanta. About a 6,200-yard uh, par 70 golf course. Very nice. The um, yeah. So when you do your design work, what, um, it seems I've heard you kind of mention the Georgia area a couple times. Is that where you do a lot of your work at? You know, uh, we started in Georgia. We've worked in Mississippi, Alabama, uh, Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Egypt, Brazil, uh we work Michigan. We work. We work wherever. Egypt, but, uh, Georgia's Brazil. Sort of, wow, that's, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, but but Georgia's been our main 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 deal. Very cool. And I think you I think you find that uh, throughout the golf industry. There's there's not many golf architects, but there's the average guy's only heard of three or four. He doesn't know who else is out there, and most people haven't heard of us. And you know, I, I'm proud of some of the stuff we've got, and I think there's a lot of guys out there that do good work in different regions. Absolutely. The um, well, it's a, I, I guess a couple episodes ago on our podcast, we had on uh, Steve Foster, who's the uh, head superintendent out at John City Country Club, which is where. Uh, I'm a member at, you've helped us get, um, some work on our renovation out there. So, um, why don't you tell me just a little bit about, um, just, uh, maybe some challenges, a favorite hole you've done, any unique situations that has arose, uh, for you through this, uh, renovation. Renovation is totally different from designing and building a new golf course. And, and our forte has always been the new stuff, uh, but we've done some renovation and uh, I enjoy doing it. Um, but it, it's, it's a very delicate subject because you can, um, 
people are used to what they've got. And when a group decides they're going to come in and redo a golf course, most of the time you're going to have maybe half the people like what you do, the other half are not going to like what you do. And it's, 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 it's a tough road. And the guys like Steve, you've got to have a guy like Steve and you've got to have a guy like Tyler that are young guys that, that have a passion for it, that are going to take it and make something with it. And Johnson City is very fortunate they've got that. And, uh, it's, it's actually been a very fun experience. Uh, I was up there last week, um, looking at some holes where we're going to try to finish those out on number 11, 12, 14 with Steve, Tyler, and some guys. And, uh, um, we've, we've tried to come through there and put a concept in that was agreed by the, um, guys on the committee that we can't get more length on the golf course. There's, it's, there's a few places where you can, or you can change par on some holes, but you, you, you've got to make the golf course more difficult. And a bunker is a bunker. It's a hazard. Yeah. So we've changed it back to an older style bunker and it's not what they had at all. And, uh, so it's, uh, um, the bunkers are tougher than they were. And, uh, I've got a feeling they might be too tough for some people as far as they might, they might, uh, they might not like what was done, but I think the majority of the people are fine with what we've done so far. And I think it will, uh, uh, I think when we get through with everything, it'll really change that golf course. Oh, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I'm personally, uh, a big fan of how the renovation has gone along. Um, I've got a lot of buddies that come out there and play with me and they've, um, yeah, the bunkers are definitely tougher, but I think they really enjoy, uh, the challenge they present and visually. Um, I just think it looks much better than the old bunkers that were out there. So, um, I, I'm, well, I'm uh, very grateful for the work you've done out there. I think you realize as you get older that like when you do a renovation, and, and I think it's critical that a club understands it. You're not doing it probably for the older guys that are in charge. You're doing it for the younger guys. These renovations are done. You're always doing it for the group behind you, and, and usually for the leaders of a club. It's usually the guys coming up that you're doing it for. And I, I see a lot of potential at Johnson City Country Club. I think uh, it's they've done a great job of keeping that club where it needs to be as far as they, they, they know what they are and they haven't taken on a lot of debt and it's a good solid golf club. And, uh, I've enjoyed working there. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely proud to be a, a member out there. I enjoy it. And, um, kind of like you said, it really seems like they do have a lot of potential with, uh, just some of the plans they have, um, to just constantly be making improvements out there, whether that's, um, you know, the, the actual bunker renovations or just things that they're planning on doing in the clubhouse. It's, it's, it's been fun seeing the progress that's been made. Um, while you've been out there, what's a, is there a favorite hole that you've done? Is there one that you've designed? You're like, man, we just got this perfect. Or which one do you kind of keep in your mind as one you like? You know, right now I really like the way 13's turned out. Oh, I, love uh, it. I think that I'm really going to like 11. Uh I think uh, five's doing okay. Uh, 
They've still got to grow in some, but 13 so far. Steve, Steve's done a great job. He's, he's done a good job with all of it. I mean, people don't understand. He's, they don't understand what all that crew's done. He's got a small crew. Yeah. And they, we've had one young shaper that helped them, but everything else they've done in house. They laid all the sod. They cut all the sod. They dug all the drainage. They put all the pipe in the ground. They put all the gravel in. I'd say a lot of work. And, and they've done it in no time. And we, we closed it about the end of June so they could have their member guest. And we're just starting back up. And uh, they, they've done a great job. I agree. I mean, I think it's really impressive the work they've done with the small crew. And, you know, when you mentioned 13, uh, I actually think that's one of my favorite ones. The, the old bunkers there were just, I mean, honestly, I feel like they were an eyesore. Um, and with the new ones, uh, I, I, just, I think it looks great, um, the way everything's grown in around it now. And I just feel like it's just a better overall look right there. And I, when I had Steve on, you know, I was asking him what his one of his favorite ones was. And he thinks 11 could turn out to be one of his favorite holes. So um, what do you yeah, what do you like about 11 so much or what with what you're going to do with it? Uh, I think we can – I think we can make it where it's bad. For the younger guys, it's a drivable par four. And I think it might be – I think it could average playing above par. Uh, we'll, we'll basically just set it up where you're tempted to drive it. Most people can't help but pull out the driver. But sure. uh, it's going to – it can it can mess with you. So we'll bunker it uh, in the fairway and in the, and the different approach angles. Uh There'll be two big fairway bunkers, one on the right, one on the left, creating a, a path into it from the left side. Oh, that's going to get tricky. Uh, yeah, and then we'll we'll um, the up and down around the green will become more difficult. And there, uh, Riviera out in L.A. on their tenth hole is about a 290-yard par four that usually plays above par, I think, in the tournament. And uh, it's uh, a lot of the same strategies. So it'll well, be a hole where if you, want, if you want to play five iron or a sand wedge, you can probably uh, par the hole anytime you want to. But if you're but looking for glory, uh, you can try to bring out the driver if you want and go boom or bust. Yeah. That's awesome. I that's think right. that's going to be a really good one. And, you know, you mentioned five, two. That was, uh, that's one I've really enjoyed the work that's been done on uh, by you guys as well. So what – um. You know, you design and you build a lot of these courses. How about on your playing side of your career? What's uh, kind of switching gears a little bit? What's what's a favorite course that maybe you've played? Um, whether it be you just enjoy the round, or maybe you found that you drew a little inspiration from it uh, for your designs. Well, in the states, uh, Marion's probably my favorite golf course in Philadelphia. But I've I, I had a place in Michigan for a while and I fell in love with northern Michigan and and uh, I like Crystal Downs uh, it's a really nice golf course with a very aesthetically pleasing looking out over the dunes and uh, over the lake some, in some places that's awesome but uh, uh, it's it's uh, those two golf courses are probably my favorites and, I, and I've played a a lot of good golf courses, and I just, I just hate to pick favorites because there's so many, there's not many bad golf courses really. It's just 
most people like being out there and playing golf. Amen so, to that. Yeah. I mean, if it's in a really pretty setting and I mean, it's a pretty engaging layout, that's even better. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, just the game of golf oh, is man, fun I, as it is. Yeah. I think that your generation, like, like you putting together the dudes, my generation, um, we screwed up lots of times as far as golf goes. We, we, I'm a member of a private club and, uh, in Athens, Georgia. And, um, it's a lot of the guys there. They're not into the golf as much as they are being into the social scene, being in the club. They don't make the effort to really enjoy the golf or something. It's more like, Hey, we're going to play on Saturday and that's it. And they, there's, there's an aura aura that you see in a lot of these clubs where that club, uh, doesn't realize there's a world of golf outside of their club. And yet outside of the club, most of them have never heard of those clubs, you know, and that's, 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 uh, that's where we've been going for a long time. It's just made it where the amount of money that's been spent and so on for all of these private facilities like that was just not necessary. And, the younger guys seem to really like to golf. They like just hanging out with their buddies and playing golf, and they're not into whether there's a weed in the fairway or there's the tees of a half inch instead of a quarter of an inch <laughs> or whether there's uh, 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 leather-lined chairs at the bar. and You know, it's just a totally – I can see it. My son sees it, and – I think it's so good for golf to see what's happening with the younger guys. And it's, it's going to bring golf back. You know, I, um, I really agree with that. I mean, I've, I've seen that just from the guys that we play with. I mean, sure. If we're going somewhere and it's really nicely manicured and some of that stuff's uh, in the bars looking a little nicer, like that's great. But like, that's not why we're going. We're going because we love playing the game and we love hanging out with each other. And I mean, I think you have more clubs would just kind of, get a hold of that they'd realize they would attract more people to, to the game which mean in turns you know like more money for them so it seems like it'd be a no-brainer um it seems like some clubs and places have got it figured out a little better than others i know you kind of mentioned sweetens uh down in near where you're at people come in and play yeah. for a weekend and i mean i feel like sweetens is almost the prime example of that it's kind of like look dude you're here just uh, just to play golf with the boys sweetens sweetens convinced me i was uh i played sweetens uh, a couple of times uh, back the first year or two is open. The guys did a great job with it. It was, uh, you know, all architects have a different style. Um, their style might have been more severe than my style, but I can appreciate it. And I'm like, man, I don't know about this. It's, it's so severe. And damn it, this, this <laughs> these guys knew how to use this social media. Yeah, they do. And and I'm like, whoa, it used to be when I was first starting, the only way you got recognized was to have a real estate project around your golf that could afford the advertising. And all of those guys hired the, the big five of the architects. So the rest of us were sitting there where most of our projects were never marketed. And I watched these guys, you know, take a nine-hole golf course in the middle of nowhere out there that they had done a good job on and, and it gathered, gained national attention. And it showed me 
what you could do with these podcasts and what you could do with social media on a golf course like that. And I have to hand it to them. And we, and we sort of have followed that with the fields. And the fields, we have people, you know, one day, guy, one day a guy in there from California, he said, well, I've been reading about you guys on the web or whatever, and I came down, and I'm going to play. I either had to play Harbortown or here. And I'm like, dude, uh, you might should have gone to Harbortown. <laughs> and uh, it's like, uh, you know, but they like it because we're not, we, we don't, we don't have the, uh, we've got three people on a maintenance crew and we've got a budget of around 300,000 for maintenance. And some of these private clubs are a million and a half, two million dollars. And that, that doesn't impress these kids. It, 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 I'm not impressed by it either, but my generation expects that. I mean, cart paths and the type of cart and all that stuff, and to me, that just ruins a golf course. And for so many of these people, it makes the golf course. And I'm seeing where Sweetens was good with that and other places. I just think your generation is saying, hey, we want to play golf. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. We just, we just want to play the game. I mean, it's fun. Yeah. And that's what I see. I think I think Johnson City has the opportunity to do that, and I think they can. I think they can keep that thing where that is an affordable golf course. It's a good golf course. It's going to have some quirk, but that's there's nothing wrong with quirk, and so that's uh, that's what I see. That is awesome. Um, so. The field, uh, Fields Golf Club, your first design, I know you said it's sometimes tough using the word favorite with courses, but um, maybe what's a pretty memorable course that you've built along the way that you'd like to kind of highlight? What's what's one that kind of stood out in your mind that you've worked on? Uh, I've got a nice one. It's called Beaupre in Natchez, Mississippi. Okay. That's uh, on pure sand, and it, it's very rare that we, we get a chance to build on pure sand when you're in the south when you're in red clay and it really turned out well it's a private club that they'll let you play and uh it's it's had some pretty good tournaments there uh i've, I've got another one in costa rica that's uh called hacienda panilla uh p-i-n-i-l-l-a and um it's a good golf course it's on the ocean um and uh you know we we it's those are good. It's it's uh, they they're um, they're not going to be um, your big five hundred dollar a day resort type courses, but uh, they're good golf courses. They're fun golf courses. Hey, that's even more up my alley right there. I know uh, my wife's always she when she was younger she went down to Costa Rica with her family, and she's always trying to pitch me to go back to. Costa Rica, but I was like, ah, you know, we'll see. Um, but if I do, you get ready so, to go to Costa Rica. Talk to my son. He he's, he was there for two and a half years while we were doing it. Wow, man, I bet he he knows all the good local inside knowledge there for being a uh, oh. down there. 
the uh let's see what else we have um oh yeah so with your designs that you make do you seem i know you said you're minimal more on the minimalistic side we're not doing all the fancy cart paths and all that stuff but do you have any like um signature features that you do in your designs or maybe uh green complex designs that you use a lot what what does that look like for you you know um i let the land dictate in most cases and so we 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 have our basic strategies we're trying to accomplish. And, um, I, I, um, I look at golf, golf course, sort of like a checkerboard. You can play chess on the checkerboard or you can play checkers. And, uh, I think you want to make it where it's a chess game and you want to make, uh, I, I like short grass. And I like the, my greens to have a lot of short grass because I feel like it allows the weaker player the chance to to use a putter or whatever to make his bogey. But if I've designed it right, the better player confuses him. When he misses a green on the short side, instead of rolling three feet in rough, he rolls 20 yards away and has to decide how he's going to recover. Um, it confuses him much more. So I'm, I'm more into a complicated greens complex that does not look complicated. Does that make sense? Oh, that 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 makes perfect sense. I I can't tell you how many courses I've played. That uh, actually, this was last Sunday. I played Mountain Glen uh, Golf Club up in Newland, North Carolina. I'm not sure if you've heard of it or not, but um, mm-hmm. their their greens. I mean, there's some of them that look just pretty straightforward. Um. And then you get up there and you're like, you realize, oh man, I missed that putt by a mile. That was not as clear cut as I thought, or, you know, trying to run that, yeah, that short sided chip uh, up onto the green. It, it can get tricky. And I mean, I think I enjoy that, like courses that do have those subtly difficult um, green complexes. I think those are a lot of fun to play and try to kind of navigate as you go through the round, especially, you know, if you've only, it's only your first or second time playing the course and you're still learning a lot as you're going. Yeah, and, and, and you do that with width. We try to give width in a fairway for a different angle, for a different pan on a different day. Uh, you play the hole entirely differently. And uh, um, a lot of that, you know, we'll spend a day or two out there with a shape. We're trying to figure those things out. And we might not get severe. We might not have a lot of big mounds or contours or something, but we're going to make it a complicated green complex. So... Uh, what's your I hope that makes sense. what was that sorry i said i hope that makes sense oh that absolutely does um what's your take on take on length on the golf course i know you mentioned that with johnson city you can't lengthen it very much is that something you try to do in some of your remodels or in your original designs or does length uh or do you just said that you kind of focus a little bit more on the green complex well i, I think that there's uh I think that a lot of our older courses, we just we we can destroy them by trying to go after length and more length and so on. I think like at Johnson City, we we talked, but I, I think holes like hole number three, hole number thirteen, could be two of the best par fours in Tennessee. Where right now they're par fives, and I think uh, when we set those up off the tee and have them where in the tournament time, it'd be par fours. But 
But for as long as old courses, you can take your white tea, which is your red remembers tea, let's say, and put it at the back as a par five. And then you might put your back tee in front of that white tee, maybe 10 yards shorter, and have that as a par four. You, you, you picture what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So you'd have two scorecards. You'd have a par 72 scorecard, and then on the back tees, you might be a par 70. And uh, That's honestly pretty spots. cool. Yeah, and so you you got some things you can do out there. And like I said, there's some quirk there, so... I think you can just try to fight length so far, and it, it you, you lose sight of what you're trying to do. I think at the end of the day, complicate the green complex, and the average guy's going to have a lot more fun. I'd it's, agree with you uh, on that one. Um, what's a kind of interesting, just a little story. I mean, I'm sure you've had, I mean, if you're around golf, you're, you're going to, you're going to see some crazy things happen, hear some wild stories. Uh, what's one that you might have for the dudes, uh, that we might find, uh, pretty interesting. I mean, it's not much of a story. I can tell you about, uh, playing with my buddies last year and, um, three would hit me in the head, knocking me out and bleeding all over the place. <laughs> How did that I happen? I thought, I thought I'd been shot. I was walking in front of a guy. Uh, I was in the middle of the fairway cause he rarely hit the fairway. All of a sudden, I thought I'd been shot or something. I mean, I just knocked me out. I wake up, I'm like, "What the hell is that?" And um, uh, man, so, uh, it, uh, three wood to the head. That's uh, yeah, three wood to the head from about 150 yards out. It just knocked me out for about 10 seconds, I guess. But it was it was good. But uh, trying to think. Uh, I can relate to what you yeah. said though about uh you know the middle of the fairway with some of my buddies. That's a pretty safe place to be too. Um, it's the safest place for most guests. Yeah, yeah. I, I play with uh, one of my good friends, uh, Calvin Wingate, and you know like Josh Vasquez. Uh, they're probably listening to this, just being like, "Thanks again for dunking on me," like you do every week oh. on the podcast. But uh, yeah, these guys aren't hitting fairway, so I always know it's a good place to stand with them. But what else? Yeah. It sounded like you had one more uh, thing you wanted to, one more little story or tidbit. I was going to say a couple of years ago, we had a dude that, uh, um, uh, he was mowing greens and he lost the greens mower and it went in the lake in front of the green and went completely underwater. And um, my son had to dive in and <laughs> hook it up and we pulled it out the next day. And, uh, I've got some others. Uh, I, I just can't think of them right now. It, it's tough being put on the spot, I know. But, uh, wow, it sounds like your son, uh, when he woke up for work that day, that probably was a little outside the typical job description of uh, diving in into the lake to go pull out a lawnmower. Yeah. That's yeah, that's not, that's not quite in there. That's not. Um, We're just fortunate no one was hurt. Uh, for sure. Um, going back uh, real quick before we hop off here, I know you said you had a little dinner engagement tonight that I want to let you get to. The uh, the Fields Golf Club, why don't you tell me uh, just kind of a little bit more about that. Is it a par 70, 71, 72? What's it usually play at? Um, and do you guys got like a favorite hole there that, that you've done or when we come down to visit one that we know to keep an eye out for? Um, the Fields is par 71, and it's it's an old cotton field. And we, uh, uh, it still keeps that look to it. And uh, I'd say our one of my favorite holes is uh, number five and number fifteen. Those are two good holes that are just 
they sit there and they're shaped well and a lot of people like those holes but it's just a, it's a good walk you walk off the green to the tee I love There's that. No, you know, running all over the place between holes. You can see the majority of the golf course from most tees. Um, you know, it's a, it's, it's an open type golf course and the clubhouse sits on a hill. It's the highest point in the county and it's a neat experience. That's awesome. Well, I mean, you have me excited to come down and play. Uh, I always, I think that's one of the things, don't get me wrong, I love playing at Johnson City, I love having a home course, but I really enjoy getting to travel and just, there's so many, you said this earlier, there's so many good golf courses out there, um, and whether it's just going by myself with the foursome or we're bringing down a bunch of the guys from the dudes, uh, either way, I enjoy playing these uh, these new courses and I really look forward to getting down and, you know, hopefully I'd probably get some, maybe something on the books next year to get on down there for one of our events, I think that'd be a lot of fun. We'd love to have you down there. I, th- I, I think that's, you know, I think it's uh, um, your generation's going to do a lot more of that, and that's the way golf is going to be built. I don't, I don't see us building a lot of these big private clubs for your generation. I think it's where guys want to be at one place, but then they want to be able to go see others. For sure. Well, Mike, thanks for uh, hopping on and joining for this. That's going to conclude our interview section. Well, I enjoyed it. Thanks. Absolutely. Um, Before we hop off here, um, would you like to leave, if you have any social media or uh, websites, anything that you'd like to, or any other podcast you've been on, if someone wants to check out some more of your work, what what is a good way for guys to either get in touch or follow you? You know, you can, uh, we've been on the fried egg uh, I think it's just the Mike Young podcast from Friday eggs, and we've been on the TurfNet podcast where we're talking to superintendents. Uh, Will Bardwell has done a couple with us. Uh, I think those were more written articles for Friday Egg or something. Um, my website is mydgolf.com. Um and uh, the fields is called thefieldsgolfclub.com. And, uh, um, you know, check those out. That'll give you some photos of what we've done, um, different things like that. And, um, let's see. Man, that ought to. I think that that'll ought to, give the guys a couple places to look for you right there. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And we've got some new stuff we'll announce here in a couple of weeks that they'll be able to watch it being built. So That's exciting. We'll, uh, we'll come up with that. Well, Mike, thanks for, uh, again, coming on today. I really appreciate your time, and I hope you – where are you going to dinner at? We're going over to um, um, Barbara Jean's, which is a little restaurant in downtown village of St. Simon's. Well, that's an awfully so, pretty place to be. Uh, another hurricane's going to be rolling in later this week, yeah. so hopefully uh, you guys are either aren't down there for that or stay safe at the very least. Well, I was down here for a, the Golden Isle Senior Invitational, and they just canceled it well, that's, because of the hurricane. That's a so bummer. Yeah, it is, but all, all good. And, and thanks for your time. 
Absolutely. I'm glad to have you on. I think, uh, you know, we, we love having people that do different things in the golf industry on our podcast to come and talk. And I think a lot of people will find this interesting to get a talk to. You're our first architect that we've had on the pod. So this is uh, pretty exciting on my end. Well, good. Good. We're, we're usually pretty dull. So anyway. Hey, I enjoyed our talk. Thanks. So that's what matters at the least. All right. All right, Mike. Take care and we'll talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. Bye bye. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed our interview there with Mike Young. He's a very busy man. I'm grateful for the time that he took out of his day to basically just sit down and tell us a little bit about what uh, the life of a golf architect looks like. Um, now let's go ahead and listen to a little round recap that we had from our time up at Elk River this last Sunday. Great time. Uh, the fall uh, peak leaf change was in effect. I mean, it's just a great time up in the North Carolina mountains. So let's go ahead and listen to what uh, me, Jeremy, Brad, and Cade had to say about that. All right, we're sitting here post-round with uh, Brad, Cade, and Jeremy. We just finished up an incredible day up at Elk River. It was uh, upper 50s today, mostly sunny, just really couldn't beat the weather we had. Um, I was really excited to get here, especially as soon as I saw Brad, and he asked if I wanted some good or bad news. Um, He then proceeded to tell me, uh, I was like, you know, I'll, I'll take the the good news and somehow, or the bad news first. And the news was, hey, we're playing from the tips, Donnie. And I was just like, all right, we'll let this ride. And uh, I guess we'll talk a little bit about what we thought about playing Elk River from the tips. Brad, why don't you go ahead and start off and tell me what you kind of thought of today's round. Uh, I don't think we could have gotten a better weather day. I mean, I mean, it was perfect. Sunshine, one hot, one cold. I mean... It was great. We hit it about the perfect time with just the fall leaves, orange, red, yellow. I mean, every color. Every, every color. It was beautiful. Uh, it was. It played pretty tough. Uh, <laughs> pretty tough. Did not have. Uh, did not have the A game today, but it was just an awesome round. Loved it every second of it. And <clears throat> I was talking to Jeremy. I think it's a. It's immediately and probably my top two courses I've ever played just from the manicurism to just the design and how how flush every fairway every green every tee box I mean you couldn't find a bad spot on the course at all what's up guys it's Cade um you know like Brad said and Donnie the conditions here were just immaculate weather-wise I mean you couldn't ask for any better Perfect fall golf, the staple of fall golf here in Banner Elk. And um, the course definitely played hard today. It it showed its teeth. Um, I can say that I need to go buy some more golf balls. But um, but other than that, the course looked great. Greens were rolling super tough. And, um, you know, I had a blast. Can't complain too much when you're playing in courses like these, even if you're having a bad day. So off to you. Hey everyone, it's Jeremy. Um, had a fantastic day. Uh, fantastic day today. Uh, first tee shot uh, was like a dog leg left with a tree on the left, and then it was like has it on the right. And we're like, okay, uh, the practice session was not that great to make this work. Um, but after that, it was just a, a great day. It seemed like every hole we were like, oh, this is a perfect hole, Donnie, to do a video or a picture on. And every hole literally was. Um, like Cade said, it was just. We're all going to have to go buy more golf balls, but it was an awesome day. The views were unbelievable, and I would have to arguably say this is probably the fastest greens I've ever played. 
um, or at least tied with maybe like Council of Fire or Honors or something like that. But an awesome day and uh, looking forward to something like this again next year. Yeah, speaking on those greens, man, you know, tough course, but the greens weren't quite as quick and the angles and just some of the tightness off of the tee shots from the tips made for a tough day. But again, when you're playing in the mountains of North Carolina during their peak leave change, it's really hard not to enjoy anything. Um, you know, I'm glad to say that no one pulled like a total me last time I played here and just dumped their driver like two feet behind the ball in the opening tee shot. Brad tried to get close. Um, but that was a tough, I would have to say that was a tough opening tee shot when you have the, like a pro and two assistant pros or a club GM standing off and you can tell they're staring at you. You have a Creek directly in front of you and that th- there was not a lot of room to get out that opening gate. Um, I don't know what, uh, that was a fun hole for me. Uh, I would have not played it good yet, but it's a fun one. Let's go through and do a quick, what was your favorite hole on the day and see what everyone has to say. I would say probably my favorite hole would be 17. Just having that, I mean, it's kind of simple in design, but it's just, I think that's what makes it so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's because it's a tee shot kind of through the gap of trees to this wide open flat fairway with just water all the way, almost all the way to your right down the whole side. And then you get down to the fairway and you look at the green and it's just this big wall of stone with this green perched up on top of it. And it was just and the waterfall down to the right. I mean, I just I don't think it can get more picturesque than that. So that was my favorite hole, 17. I have to agree with Brad. I think 17 was by far my favorite, just views-wise. And like he said, the simplicity of it just made it beautiful. Like it just showed, you know, North Carolina at its hole and um I got I to gotta admit, that, that took the cake today for me. I hate to be a broken record, but I think 17 was my favorite too. But I will say, I will say my, my very close uh, tie for first would be that uh, par four we played. I was up on the hillside. Uh, I think that was maybe 14, 14 maybe. Down the hill? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, just you're on that tee box and you feel like you're like six miles above the fairway and the sun's setting. It was, it was very pretty, but... I would say picturesque-wise, 17 is probably takes the cake today for most of us. 17. <laughs> yeah, 17 is just such a good golf hole. I mean, 18's great. Uh, 14's really awesome. I even like 16, that par 5 that has, like, the creek running right in front of the green. Um, I mean, there's just so many good holes out here. Um, I think one on the front that I really enjoyed – uh, was number six. It was that par five that was really tight down the chute. I think it was when I hit a good drive, but it was in landed in that one creek that was about eight inches wide. Yeah, the one that Cade made eagle from absolutely impossible place to make eagle. I think your average golfer is what making six, seven on that hole from there. Easily, easily. Yeah, and then stuck it to how close was that, Cade? Yeah, about ten feet, and then just hit the big time eagle putt that Calvin would have never hit. So. <laughs> oh, yeah for what birdie yeah that was that was outrageous and i mean and i hit a great one for bogey so uh nice one putt <laughs> so what do you have on that did you, get, you made par three? uh yeah, it was a little little two putt bogey thank you mm, didn't one putt that like the rest of us noted um guys what was we're gonna go reverse here the toughest hole that you played today there were some hard holes out there let's think of the one that just said man that thing took my lunch money I'll actually go first to give you guys a second to think here. 
it's kind of in a split between 11, which is, I think, the number one handicap hole on the course, and it's that way for a reason. I mean, that that was just a brutally, I feel like, demanding tee shot. There's water that seems at the perfect like layup point for some people, a tough green. I bet there's a lot of five and sixes made there. And then you're like, okay, I'm out of that. And you see there's a nice little par three coming up, and you think that's going to be really fun and relaxing. All uphill, uh, we had, what, a back pin location on that? It's like five-tiered to green, it felt like. And, like, any time you left anything remotely short, I know Cade had to put uh, a 25-footer that he turned into a 28-footer down below him. So, I mean, it's like, man, and, and you know, Cade knows how to play this game. So, Jeremy, what do you, what do you think? I don't have one tough hole. I'm going to say all the par threes. <laughs> all the par threes were stupid hard. Our first par three was 198, and it was a giant bunker short right. So, of course, you know where I was going to try to go. Um, and then that 11 or 12 that Donnie's talking about is straight up the hill. And, yeah, triple tier green. And then the shortest par three we had today was 167 with wind in our face. So, yeah, so we've got a little, a little breather there on that one. Um, so I'm gonna say all the par threes were just monsters today. Oh, and then eight is 196 or something like that from the back tee with the water all in front of the green. Well, like, I mean, what 170 to clear the water? Yeah, yeah really I mean, tough shot. I mean, all the par threes today were just monsters, but just beautiful, all of them. Yeah, all of them. I'd say the uh, toughest hole for me. It probably not is on the scorecard, but um, number three had a good old. Uh, Nine on there, um, you know, as a par five, lost two balls, and uh, <laughs> it took my lunch money for sure. Um, you know, when you're posting a nine on the scorecard, you're kind of like, yeah, it's going to be a day. So that kind of <laughs> determined my round a little bit, but I tried battling through it. But, yeah, number three for me today. I'm I'm with Jeremy. I think the par threes were just – they just played stupid hard. I mean – because they're either long and then wind and just they had good guarded bunkers or water. But so I think number eight. So I pull up there and it was 196. Water's right in front. I uh, hit a club and put it in the water short. We have video of that. Just in case. Oh, we got great, great. You don't see Brad hit bad shots, but he did this one time. Well, then, so I, you know. It's a cool hole. I'm not going to go drop. I'm going to go hit another one. So I just went and grabbed another – up to one more club. Hit it good, straight at the flag. Hit the back of the green, and it slopes away down to a creek behind the green. You only got 30 yards or something. I, yeah, I had a 30 – I <laughs> I had 30 yards coming back towards the green. <laughs> so I think that was the hardest hole for me today. All right, last question, and we're going to wrap this up and get heading on back to Johnson City. We're doing this currently, actually, in the uh, Oak River Clubhouse and or in the men's locker room. And yeah, uh, there's been worse places to hang out and, and chat for a minute. I will say that. Um, does this course make it in your top five today? Yes or no? Um, let's go, Jeremy. You're up first again. Uh, it's funny because me and Bradley talked about this probably like six times today. Every four holes, so we're talking about it. But I'm going to say it's definitely inside my top three, and I would have a hard time saying it's not first or tied for first next to the honors course. But it is it is definitely, I would say hands down by far the view wise is the best golf course I've ever played view wise. I mean, just with the maybe I don't know if it's just that we peaked it just perfect on timing with the leaves, but it was just every hole was picturesque and 
Yeah, I would say first or tied for first for sure. Hundred percent. You know, if, uh, if Jeremy's played some golf, I mean, in his life, so if this, if this is that high of a course up for him, you know, this got this got to be up there. Next up is Caden. I know he is uh, probably going to be in his top five, but I'll be curious to see if it takes his top spot or not. What's up, guys? Um, it takes number three for me. I've played two top 100 courses, and this by far has blown my expectations out of the water. Um, it is definitely number three on the list, and it's going to probably stay there. I don't think I'll play many more courses that are going to be this caliber or higher, if I'm being what's honest. The, what's the two above it? Yeah. Diamond, um, Creek. Diamond Creek's number one view-wise for me, just... And then Congaree, number two, in Ridgeland, South Carolina. Um, different different vibes there, but the course there is just pure. Like the same gra- type of grass from tee box to green the whole way for 18 holes. So, um, but, so number three for me. <clears throat> so I've, I've played here before, but it was probably six years ago, and I was more of, you know, on the, I don't want to say immature side, but I didn't look at, architect and design of a course yet and that's something that i'm kind of more into now is just designs of holes you know this the strategy of putting certain features on a course and what it's doing and um i didn't remember it being like this and being this nice but i was telling jeremy in the cart i said i i'm trying to think of a nicer course that i've played and i don't think i can come up with one just how i mean Tee boxes absolutely flush, fairways flush, greens stupid fast but flush. I mean, every inch of this course yeah. is amazing. And then you add in the holes, the design of the course, and then just all the views of this mountain golf. And especially now with the leaves changing, it makes it even more. But even in this dead summer, it's got to be gorgeous. Yeah, so I, I think this is. The nicest course I've ever played. This is my new number one. Oh, hell yeah. Yep. I mean, that's, that's the way to do it right there. Yep. Um, I mean, love, love hearing to go and play someone with someone and, you know, it's in their top five. But when it's someone's favorite course after playing it, it's like, wow. I mean, that, that's great to share that experience with someone. Um, for me, definitely falls inside my top five. I think I'd probably stick it at four, but it, it almost – I mean – my top three courses, I have Diamond Creek, Primland, and Arcadia Bluffs up there. Uh, th- this isn't that same echelon. It, it really depends on the day. If I, if I could have maybe played a little bit better, I, I would have liked it maybe just a tad more or something. But um, I played here earlier this summer, and it was incredible. But coming back and getting to play it today in the fall like this, it, it made me even appreciate the course more. I feel like today, I kind of like you talked about the architecture and the way it's built and designed. My first time, I was just kind of just like walking around with my like mouth open, just like, wow, this place is awesome. Today, I was able to take a couple more pictures and then, but also just kind of like really look at stuff. And after playing it once, it's like, okay, I remember that. Didn't learn any lessons from playing the first time, of course, but, uh, you know, still a fun day. And so anytime that you get a step foot on the course and it puts in your top five, um, that's a day. Well, thanks for listening to this, guys. I know to you three coming up here and playing with me today. Uh, I mean, it was a great weekend between the match, member guests, and then this was just icing on the cake to wrap this up. So, hell of a weekend, and look forward to hopefully many more of these type of rounds with you guys. Thanks, guys. All right. Well, as you can tell, um, that was a pretty fun day at uh, Elk River. Probably could have been a little bit nicer on the scorecard if Brad wouldn't have uh, conned me into playing from the tips off the bat. 
but at least I'm not the one who dropped my or topped my drive on T1 in front of people watching. So that, that was nice for that not to be me because I feel like that would usually be me, especially out of that group of the four of us. Um, well, anyways, on next week's episode, uh, we have one of my longtime friends, Justin Fawn, coming in. He's our VP of operations for the Dudes of Hazards. Uh, like I said, one of my lifelong friends, great guy. Uh, he has a lot of stories to tell. He's, uh, you know, now a Green Beret. Um, has done a tour overseas, went up to West Point, uh, pretty good golfer. So he's going to have some fun stories to share. I'm sure we'll get on here and ramble. It'll probably be easy to go Joe Rogan mode, but we'll try to turn it down a little bit to make sure our pod doesn't go three hours. Um, but overall, really looking forward to that next episode we have coming out. We had a great time recording this week's episode. And as always, keep it classy, dudes. Classy dudes.